just want to uh, start off with a prayer before we get off into our message today at Life Nation. It is, uh, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. You know, the really important aspect is to make sure we rejoice and that we stay glad in what God is doing for our lives. Okay. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Father, despite all what's going on in the world, the terror, the divisiveness, the lack of empathy, the physical violence, the shoot, the, the gun violence that continues to attack youth and even adults, but mostly youth at this point. We grieve over these things, oh God, even those, even in my personal life, uh, family members who we just recently lost over the last week or two. Lord, we ask for your strength. We ask for your help. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your love. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, there's such a lack of love in the earth right now. So, Father, we pray, oh, God, that that agape love, that genuine love, that love that really cares for, that really goes deep into what your heart speaks so that we can love one another, that that will be exercised even from this day forth, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would <clears throat> look upon those who are, all of us who are, maybe struggling mentally and physically, mentally, especially mentally, O oh Lord God, in the heart, in the mind, O oh God, that you would bring peace that pass all understanding, O oh Father. Help us to understand that, you know, the adversary desires to sift us as wheat. But we don't let him do that. We watch. We pray. And help us to avoid the wiles in all its forms that tries to come to beat us down or to oppress our mind, our spirit, or even our body in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for life. We thank you for the life that has brought to the nations, oh God. Those who may be feeling a certain way in their body, whether they're not in the optimal. Father, we pray that you bring an optimal physical healing to people today in the name of Jesus we pray Lord God we thank you Lord God reach out and touch oh God all of us uh, make this world a better place even as the song says oh Lord we need better we need love we need genuine care so we thank you Lord God for exercising those things on our behalf in Jesus name so God bless you all today, um, Life Nation. We are definitely going into our part two of the series that we have, which was, which is the diplomacy of divine dissension. The diplomacy of divine dissension. It is really, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, last week we got into it. We really did. And God began to move. And we thank him for his great move, and we thank God for the teaching he gives. I just still find it amazing that despite what we may be dealing with physically or personally in our lives, like the Lord continues to show his love and his compassion for us by sharing his heart to us. So let me get into it. I have a lot to discuss today. It's going to be really good. <clears throat> thank God for those who are here. We actually just share this broadcast and just let the Lord have his way okay amen 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 so look at this we talked about diplomacy of divine ascension so 
you know, in essence, we talked about the definitions last week. Go to last week. You, I'm not can go through all this detailed review because I have new things to share. But the one thing is that dissent means to feel or think differently. That's the main thing we have to understand. And the other part about it that's really important is that we have to understand. We have to make sure that we refuse to be bound by what is contrary to your own judgment. You know, everybody has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, we have to make sure that we refuse to be bound against our own judgment. Or, as I go, we'll go into later, against our own conscience. Okay? And um, last week we talked about there's three different types of dissent. There's articulated, which means that you go very di diplomatically. You really clearly define what it is that you're dissenting against, okay, uh, what your different of opinion is about, the basis, the roots of it, um, <clears throat> is to help organizations to understand clearly why you are of a difference of opinion from the main uh, currency of thought, okay? Um, so that's very important. Very Like we said, Supreme Court justice, they do dissenting decisions where they articulate why they have a difference of opinion that becomes legal record that helps future notes when things come up in the future and you have that very clearly defined dissent. It helps future generations to understand why the dissent was there. And it becomes really like a candlelight because whenever things go dark, that decision, which generally is guided by righteousness and truth, becomes a guiding light for people to make new decisions later on. So it's very important to articulate what your dissent is not to be silent. Do not be silent. Then we have the two other things where latent and displaced dissent. Those are when you just kind of babble and gossip and just ramble on about stuff with no real action plan. So that's the deal. So one thing, as I said earlier, I touched on it. We said that we have to understand that our conscience is a very integral part of our human existence, okay? So what happens, we have to understand that the Spirit of God, his, the Holy One, the, you know, the Holy Ghost is whatever, however you want to inter, interpret the, the, the factual aspect of Christ sending a comforter to our lives, he intertwines with our conscience okay conscience basically when you look at it is referring to the awareness of one's actions that are right and wrong so the root word of conscience is awareness to have awareness of one's actions have awareness of one's actions. So that's what our conscience is for. You know, as a child, we say, you know, your parents say, don't put your hand over the flame. You hear that word from your parents. So when you see a flame, <laughs> you know, because you were brought an awareness to a certain fact that you can get burned if you do that. Okay. Now we have to understand that conscience 
There's another aspect to it. To be conscious. So we have one thing that's a conscience that's really our intellectual capacity. It's a part of our soul makeup. Okay? Conscience. But there's also the conscious. You have to be conscious, which is an adjective, which means that you are aware of your environment. You're aware of your existence. You are aware of your thoughts. And you respond to your environment with, I will use the word, sobriety. As the scripture says, be sober and be diligent. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so that's the essence of being, not being drunk, not being asleep whatsoever. If you look at those two basic terms, conscious and conscience, the key word in both definitions, whether it's a noun or adjective, is to be aware. Mm -hmm. You've got to be aware what is going on. When I was a freshman in college, very sheltered, you know, first time away from home, away from my parents, my very strong, authoritative, and very protective father, which we loved that about him because he would protect us. Ooh, my daddy, you better, my, my daddy going to get you, you know, kind of thing. Once you're outside that environment, you have to understand that the decisions that your parents and your elders bring to your life that are quality is to help you to have knowledge and they are there to help you to be well informed. The key is to, awareness is to be well informed. You need to be informed about the activities of your life, current and future. Without awareness, you wander. Without, a, without awareness, you slumber and sleep. So this whole mission of not being aware or being asleep or being awake or being awoke is something that's the antithesis of having a conscience. <laughs> okay? <laughs> oh my God. Look at this. Ephesians 5, 13 through 16. Let me go biblical on you. All right? This is Christ. It says, But all things, Ephesians 5, 13 through 16, and Amplified I'm reading from, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everything visible. That's a key component of awareness. The light of God. If you look at Revelation, it's like, all those candlesticks around the throne, that was indicative of the light that is centered around the Lord God Almighty. He is light. And his light came through Christ. And that, that Christ light has become the life of men. So that light brings us awareness. Okay? In verse 14, for this reason, he says, Awake, sleeper. And arise from the dead. And Christ will shine as dawn. Oh, I love it. 
upon you and give you light. In verse 15, so therefore see that you walk carefully living a life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, and discerning people. Make the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of every opportunity, using it with wisdom and diligence, because your days are filled with evil. That is pretty much the root of why we must have a conscience that is soaked in the light of Christ. Because you cannot have a conscience. It's not talking about sleeping as far as physical, natural, human sleep. It is talking about the soul, the mind, the intellect. Do not allow your intellect to go to sleep. Allow it to be in darkness. Allowing it to be unaware of what is happening. There is this whole growing mandate across this nation for people to be unconscious. And like, what on earth? <laughs> they co-opted this message that's anti-biblical, that's anti-Christ mm -hmm. for people to be asleep and unconscious. Oh, that's ridiculous. You know whose father is producing such mindset. All right? Aware is having knowledge of being well informed. I love this quote from uh, the late great Justice Thurgood Marshall. He says, where you see wrong or inequality or injustice, speak out. Not freak out. But speak out. <laughs> what a great word from a great leader who was passed on. I wish they, his, his uh, predecessor, his, uh, anyway, God bless you, Supreme Court. Anyway, look at this. I love what Martin Luther King says. One has not only a legal, but a moral responsibility to obey, quote unquote, just laws. Not laws just because, but just laws. Conversely, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Any law that uplifts human personality is just. Any law that degrades human life is unjust. Oh my God. Period. <laughs> Period and amen. If you have laws that oppress humanity, those are unjust. 
Because oppressing humanity is means to bring people to a place of darkness where they can't think, where they cannot operate freely. All right, look at this, John 16 and 1 through 4, amplified, all right? Oh, my, 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 this is good. I'm just getting some groundwork going here, laying some groundwork. Lay it on, lay it on. Hope you're getting something out of this so far. This is Christ talking to the apostles, the followers of the way. I have told you these things, so you won't be staggered by all that lies ahead. <laughs> Verse 2. For you will be excommunicated from synagogues. And indeed, the time has come when those who ex-live you, <laughs> okay, if I say that, will think they are doing God a service. Whew. This is because, here's Christ saying, this is because they never known the Father or me. They never known the Father nor me, Christ, the Christ. Yes, I'm telling you these things so that when they happen, not if they happen, so that when they happen, you will remember I warned you. So this is the epitome of Christ fulfilling our conscience, making us aware of what lies ahead by being just and following the light. Okay? Christ reminds his followers that institutions will work at destroying you because they do not know God. And they will think that they are doing a service for God. That is the epitome of the times we're living in now. People swear that they can go about and bring destruction to your life thinking they're doing God a service for God a country. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, we need these guns. We need this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. We need to take your rights away. We need to take away the freedom to speak. Swearing they're doing something for God. We have to understand Christ gave us an awareness that informs our conscience. He, the Holy Spirit informs us how politics, religion, and culture will go against freedom, justice, and light. Christ, through his spirit, informs us well before the Crusades, well before the, the, the establishment of Roman Catholics or any other of these denominations. But it says it informs how politics, religion, and culture will go against freedom. 
Justice and light. <sighs> Why is it that politics and religion always seems to want to go against the ways of God? Christ told us so. So to steep your life from politics and religion and to become make that your Lord lets you know that you will be at odds with the heart, the spirit, and the modus operandi of Christ. The Tennessee too, as they talk about it, are prime examples for our 2023 year of our Lord. I can't recall her last name, but Representative Justin and Representative Justin. Jones and Pearson. Representative Justin Jones and Representative Justin Pearson stood up for the protection and freedom from terror for children. They were standing up so children aren't annihilated in their schools through, through gun violence. They stood up for freedom for children to be able to learn and have a place that is safe to congregate and to and be instructed and to be informed and to bring life because education brings life. And we have this whole monstrosity of thought and government that fought against them and manifested ousted them from their legislative seats. They were voted back. They were excommunicated. Okay? They were excommunicated because they stood for justice. Just what Christ was talking about. They were later fully reinstated, but they were reinstated outside of the houses that they served. And what happens is when you stand for righteousness and you dissent from the prevailing thought that brings darkness and unawareness and slavery, literally, you may not be accepted in the house that you serve. Just how it was with the Hebrew boys we talked about last week. They addressed the king in, in, in Daniel 3, which we'll go later, but you have to read, you have to listen to last week's broadcast. The Hebrew boys addressed the king very diplomatically and very righteously without backing down. These two congressmen of their state of Tennessee responded in the very same way. And I really, they were reinstated. And even after being reinstated, they continued and continue to share the righteous descent of God against these systems that want annihilation of people. There was one case, a case example, where Representative Justin Jones responds to a harassing state congressman who tried to use the God card. They're trying to make laws and pass laws that bar teachings about racial oppression and how to overcome it. He said, quote unquote, stop using God to justify your bigotry. 
Stop using God to justify hatred and racism. Today, the world calls the acts of education about freedom and opposing racial oppression as divisive. And they use the God card at it. Just how Christ said that they will excommunicate you out of synagogues and they will put you up for slaughter. Thinking they're doing God a service. The same thing is happening now when you dissent against the prevailing opinion that oppresses people. The whole point, if you look at the if you look at the, the Bible, the scriptures, if you look at the common thread of the entire scriptures, it's about the freedom to live and the freedom to worship God. All the stories, Old Testament, from the Philistines and the Hebrews, from you know the Egyptians and the Hebrews, from the Amalekites and the Hebrews. <laughs> if you look at the background of all these stories, it was all about having freedom. Look at this. Pharaoh, King Ahab, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Saul, General Goliath, as I would call him, King Herod, the chief priest Caiaphas, they were all powerful leaders of their cultures and their kingdoms who all called the work of those who wanted justice as being divisive, divisive. So what we have to understand, as James says, there's this issue of lust. Those who are driven by lust for power, or they call it the pride of life in the King James, those driven by lust for power will assume the God position in order to empower bigotry and oppression. That's what we dissent against. People who are lusting after power and greed and corruption. That's what the righteous and the justice workers thought, you know, fought against in the scriptures and even in the civil rights of our day. Isaiah 10, 1 through 2, Amplified. This is what it reads. It says, Judgment is, woe, judgment is coming to those who issue evil statutes and to those magistrates who constantly record unjust and oppressive decisions so as to deprive the needy of justice and to rob the poor of my people of rightful claims so widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the fatherless. Heaven is coming against unjust laws that are being decreed and established and put forth in the earth. Heaven is coming against those things. So we have to understand, if you decide to dissent for freedom and for justice, you must make sure that you follow through till the end and make sure you follow through because heaven has your back. 
the the Jehovah Sabaoth, God of the angel armies, is warring on your behalf so that you can bring freedom into the earth. Because that's what God wants for humans. Freedom from oppression. Freedom from bondage. Oh my God. Dying free is greater than living in bondage. That pretty much has been the common denominator for justice workers to make sure that you put your life on the line to ensure that in your lifetime or in the lifetimes beyond you, that people have the right to be free to do and to live and to be in light. I love the words by Harriet Tubman. It says, for no man should take me alive. I should fight for my liberty as long as my strength lasted. And when the time has come for me to go, the Lord will let me. Harriet Tubman. Frederick Douglass, another justice worker. Very powerful from Maryland, United States. The free state. The free state. If there is no struggle, there is no pros progress. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are men who want crops without plowing the ground. So dissension is plowing, is planting seeds in the ground so that truth and righteousness can grow up as crops in barren lands of thought and actions. Oh, that's... Oh, that's, that's, that's down low from on high. Praise the Lord. Look at this. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the roar of his waters. This struggle may be a moral one, but it may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. So understand that as the Hebrew boys, as King David, as Christ, Yeshua, Hamashiach, they all stood in the gap. What's the gap? That's Struggleville. That's Struggleville. When people don't agree with you because you want righteousness and freedom and light for people, and people in position of powers do not want that for you or people. You must stand in there, be that seed planted, prophet. Or they only want it for the few. And I think that two things stand out to me about Christ and about our mandate as believers. Number one, it says, whom Christ has set free, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, which means that freedom is not in our hands. It's not in our hands to decide 
Christ's freedom, his freedom deployment and his freedom distribution center. Mm. And then the second thing is human existence because there are so many that are trying to oppress because they don't feel that people have the simple right to exist Mm -hmm. or they want to shape what their existence looks like while demanding that no one shape their existence. (laughs) Unjust scales, unjust scales. So we have to understand that you must declare the real authority of your life, which is the light of God supersedes any politician or government organization. Understand that to stand in your calling is the greatest peace you can have. There was, the Hebrew boys, as we talked last week, there was more peace in their heart for standing true to their conscience that was informed by the their spirit of God. That was their greatest place of peace. They did not bow. Because bowing was not peace. Bowing to idolatry, bowing to oppression, bowing to national mandates, which had nothing to do with the light of God, is not a place of peace. Jesus, prophet. And to stand in your calling doesn't mean that every aspect of that is going to be comfortable. It was not comfortable to be waiting to be to be thrown into a fire. It was not comfortable to be ousted from your legislative authority and have to go through a process of being, you know, reinstated and having to get sworn in again. And having to walk back to the place in which they were ousted. So if we're looking for comfortability, Mm. we have to count up the cost. Mm. Amen. Standing your calling has God's peace. Yes, doctor. Amen. So we have to understand. Let's read. Let's go back further. I want to read through this passage. Um, 15 verses, I'm going to kind of go through it, read it up, eat it up. So Daniel 3, 15 through 28. I want to kind of go through that quickly, read it in your own time as well. But it says, verse 15, it says, now, this is, when you are ready, this is the king talking about to Daniel, I mean to the three Hebrew boys. Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship, the image which I have made, very good. Mm, you'll have peace. <laughs> but if you do not worship, you shall be thrown at once into the midst of a fiery blazing fire. Terror. But here's the insult. And what God is there who can rescue you out of my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, we need, we do not need to answer you on this point. We don't have to answer your dare. We don't have to answer your dare and your ultimatum. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, 
O king. But if he does not, let it be known unto you, O king, very diplomatic, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Point blank. Very diplomatic, no. Know the power of your no. All right? Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. His narcissistic self. <laughs> and his facial expression changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't be thinking these people your the friend. The real him came out. The real him came out. Mm-hmm. Then he gave a command that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. How dare you defy me in front of all my people? Ah. What y'all think y'all is? Your no might turn up the heat in your life. Without <laughs> <laughs> the words. Your no <laughs> to authority that's unrighteous will indeed turn up the heat in your life. All right. Seven times in, this, in their case. Verse 20. He commanded certain strong men. Here we go. You got the army. You got three guys. Three guys. Three young men. The whole army. He commanded certain strong men of the army. So not only do you have a fire, but you got strong men of the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them. You mean his slave patrol? To throw them into the blazing fire. Mm. Not only was it seven times hotter, but the strong men of the army. These were the real warriors. Come to tie off these young boys. Verse 21, then these three men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, and their turbans, and their other clothes, and were thrown into the midst of the blazing fire furnace. Because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace was extremely hot, the flame of fire killed those strong men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> so look at that self-destruction happening. Because of someone's narcissistic rage. Verse 23. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, looking and was astounded. And he jumped and said to his counselors, Did we not throw three men who were tied up in the midst of the fire? They replied, O king, certainly, O king. You know, the yes man said, of course we did. Yeah, whatever you like. Make Babylon great again. Hmm. Verse 25. He answered, look, I see four men untied walking around in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Verse 26. And then Nebuchadnezzar approached the door of the blazing fire, risk his life. Just saw men dead because of his anger, coming close to it. But there he goes. He approached the door of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servant to the Most High God, come out of there, come out, come here, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. Guess what? Their stand, I've got a couple more verse three. Their stand for righteousness, not only did it save them, 
But it saved the king as well. Because even the people who brought them to the furnace were destroyed. So when God comes to drench the fire, he even saves the very one who authored the fire in the first place. Look at what kind of God your obedience will bring forth. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would, if, we were, if we were in a convention, I would run right now. <laughs> Verse 27. The satraps, the prefects, the governors of the king's counselors gathered around them, saw that in regard to these men, the fire had no... The, <laughs> the fire had no effect. No effect. Well, if there's an organ, no effect. No effect. On their bodies... Their hair was not singed. Their clothes were not scorched or damaged. Not even the smell of smoke was on them. Oh, my God. Verse 28. Oh, Lord, here it go. Here it go. Here it go. Here it go. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar responded, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants who believed in, trusted in, and relied on him. Hey! They violated the king's command and surrendered their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Verse 29, this is the hall of greatness. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. Their houses have made a heap of rubbish, but there's no other God who's able to save this way. And then they prospered. So look at this. Your diplomatic descent has the power to change history. Prophet. As you read that, all I could think about was the question today of, do you have a fireproof faith? Oh, that's... <laughs> Jot that down. Write that down in your notes. Do you have... Do you have a fireproof The fire of God inside is greater than the fire on the outside. Ooh, yeah. I mean, my non-singing self. Anyway, your diplomatic descent has the power to change the course of history. If they were to concede to the king, the king would have never experienced Jehovah in such a lawfully changing way. Nebuchadnezzar had a had a had a, uh, a politics of I can never say this word right, but I'll try. Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism is not the way of God. If it was, Nebuchadnezzar would have been fine. T 
This ism is a form of government and a political system that prohibits all opposition to parties. It outlaws individual and group opposition to a state and its claims. It exercises extremely high or complete decree, degree of control and regulation over public and private life. That's what Nebuchadnezzar had. That ism. Prophet Shante, that ism. Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. That ism. And what this divine descent with diplomacy a cause it showed that Jehovah God our God has all power over every ism every regime in the earth those Hebrew boys proved that those congressmen in Tennessee also proved that the country we live in now today United States is swiftly descending into totalitarianism. totalitarianism, which goes against the very supposed founding of this country. And just agents of heaven, just how we had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are standing against the grain of bowing to the idols. God will protect those who dissent against the darkness. So, understand this today. When you're in a moment of distress, when you feel as though everybody's coming against your life, and you know that you've been informed by the Spirit of the Lord God, who has bathed your conscience with light. You can be aware of your surroundings and you can stand against the grain of popular culture. It's going to get hot. People are going to challenge you. People are going to give you a second chance to try to bow down to their stuff. However, you must understand that as you stand for the Lord, as you stand for righteousness, as you stand for the light, as you stand for justice, as you stand for freedom from oppression, know that Christ informed us that we will be challenged and people will think they're doing God a service, but you have to understand the true and living God will walk and work through you. Holiness stands up to the heat. Will you be a just agent where you are? So on these, we want to thank God for this message for today. And I pray that whatever you've been dealing with in your life, whatever is trying to challenge you, there's a, a quote that I saw yesterday that touched my heart. The reason people awaken is because they have finally stopped agreeing to things that insult their soul. The things that are going on in government, Florida, Texas, 
Tennessee and growing, even Arizona. And now Montana, I believe, as well. There are things that people in politics are doing that are insulting to our soul. They want to oppress the soul. It's an insult, and people are using it as if God is endorsing them to be an insult to your freedom. As the scripture says, stand and stand therefore. Let me, matter of fact, let me get that one scripture in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. I'm going to read that as I close out today. Uh, bear with me for a second as I go there. Ephesians 6. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. Verse 10. And be empowered through your union with him and the power of his boundaries and might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like a splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you will be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and strategies and deceits of the devil. The devil does not concern itself with being left wing or right wing. The devil is just straight devil. The devil is a straight darkness. So when so do not try to put yourself behind a color, a party, thickness of God. The schemes come from all sides. Mm. Mm. Pivot. Put on your armor so that you're not blown from the left or you're not blown from the right. And it's really diabolical deceit to come across as being as an agent of God bringing forth the deceit of Satan. Act like you forgot. That's abomination. So God bless you all today. We thank you for listening. We thank you for agreeing to be a dissenter for righteousness. And we thank God that you were listening to us today in this broadcast. We also want to announce that we thank God for all of you all who supported us over the years. And just to let you know, we do, Prophet Shante and I, we have been featured in Victorious Living Magazine <laughs> this very week, this past week. And I believe Prophet Shante has placed it on our Facebook page of Life Nation, how you can obtain a digital copy or a physical copy of that is a very it's very encouraging to see that people will see your stand. When things are falling apart, people are watching you. People are watching what you stand for. And if you're standing on solid ground, on Christ's solid rock I stand, all other places are sinking sand. So today, stand on the rock. Heavenly Father, we pray, Father, that you give us the courage to stand tall and to make sure that our footing is upon the firm foundation of your rock. Hallelujah, Father. Help us not to be weary in well-doing. Help us not to concede to the deceptions and deceits of the enemy, no matter how far up the chain it goes. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the resilience and the fireproof ability to stand in the heat 
so that transformation can be made for generations to come for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, let me turn it over to Prophet Shantae and give us a couple of closing remarks and we'll head out of here. I'm going to sing this song as I feel the Lord leading me to sing it. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome God's way. Deep in my heart, I God's way. We are not afraid, oh Lord. We are not afraid. We are not afraid today. Oh, I know I do believe we shall overcome God's way. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall God's way. Selah. God bless you. If you want to give, you know the links. God bless you and have a blessed, wonderful, divine, powerful, world-changing day. <laughs>